Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute. Lately, I've had the privilege of talking with Lawrence, a young man that came from Iowa, correct? Yep. Originally from Green Bay? Uh, yes, originally from Green Bay. So Green Bay to Iowa and uh, ended up at the Nicolet Bible Institute as a student last year and then became our RA this year and is a teacher's assistant and even an assistant to our retreat program and and just uh, learning all kinds of fun stuff while he's here. And so once in a while, we'll stop and we'll have a conversation. And I've had the privilege of mentoring him and being with him for the last couple of years as well, which is kind of fun. Uh, any student that comes to Nicolay Bible Institute, we try and match him with somebody that they can sit and just talk to about life. And the goal is not necessarily more Bible studies, but to try and figure out how to help them develop into the next step, whatever that might be. Yeah. And every mentor does it a little, a little differently. Um, and the students this year are being mentored, uh, just they as they have been in the past. So uh, that's always a highlight. Uh, you are somebody, though, that has been involved, and you came out of, out of uh, Iowa High School. You, you started the, the college journey here at yeah. Silver Birch Ranch, or Nicolay Bible Institute. Um, was that the first time you lived for a, a while with strange people? And I don't uh, mean strange by their strange, but you didn't know them necessarily before you came here. Uh, well, yeah, lived with them for yeah. sure. I lived away. From, I mean, before I came to NBI, the longest I'd ever spent away from my parents was like a week. So. Okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. not talking just summer camp for a week or whatever. Yeah. But Okay, so is there an adjustment when people have to live with somebody for a year in a dorm room? Yeah, there's definitely a, yeah. And, and what are those adjustments? When you look at it as an RA, when somebody comes in, you know, they're all excited about being here, and then they get into a room with somebody they've never met. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is understanding that you have to love that person too, even when they uh, don't do it the way that you would do it. Um, you know, if they're messy, and you, if, they're a, if they're a slob and you're not, um, if they're uh, really noisy, they like to listen to music, um, until, you know, 12 o'clock or midnight, uh, and you don't, and you'd rather go to bed at eight o'clock. You know, there's a lot of differences that you'll discover about this roommate or the two roommates that you have or three. And, um, it's really working through those, um, without, without, and, and this is really popular right now is without gossiping about them, um, and, and slandering them and talking behind their back. Right. And and how do you do that? I mean, do do you just uh, be a martyr and don't say anything? I mean, how do you work through these differences in a college room? I mean, it's as simple as talking to them. Um, I would say it takes a lot of bravery, but most of the time the person's like, oh, that bothers you? I'm so sorry. And then they they work on it. Or if, or if they don't, then that's when you have a reason to go to someone else and and ask if there's an arrangement that can be made. I mean, I think I think this place especially, but a lot of colleges too, are pretty accommodating, yeah. um, especially nowadays. I, I feel like um, the roommate, like you don't, you you get to choose your roommates. Um, you can even choose a roommate of the opposite gender at a at a lot of colleges. So yeah. you know, you could probably not at Nicolet Bible. Institute. Not at Nicolet no. Bible Institute. Yeah, just no. to make that very clear. Yeah, I'm just saying the choices are. You know, you got a lot of choices. Yeah. And, um, so to sort of assume that you're trapped is is definitely not healthy. Yeah. One of the things I think that you have to understand is relationships are always uh, developing. They're fluid. And and they can destroy you or they can be something where you can have a really positive experience within your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what what have you learned? What are, what are some, if you had anything come off the top of your head 
and say, here's what I would do. If I was going into a room, I didn't know the person, what would you do to try and make that a smooth transition? I would talk to them. I would try to build bridges um, because, I mean, my roommate um, won't talk about his, his name or anything, but my roommate was quite a bit different from me. Um, but we made we made some things work. We we had a lot of differences, but um, I think the moments that our um, our friendship shined the most was when we had those few things like we both loved uh, music. You know, we could talk about that for hours, okay. um, stuff like that, building those those connections. Um, but but you have to go and find those. You know, sometimes it's not that obvious. Right. I, I appreciate you saying you have to go find them. So you're looking for ways to connect rather than ways to disagree. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we we so we've been we've we've come to the point where we assume that every friend is going to be this fairy tale friend. Like we're not we're not going to start a friendship unless the friend is is exactly like us and they agree with everything we say and and you know they they love talking about the same things we do. Um, but you got to realize that that friends are you know you, you have different friends for different purposes. I guess right. Um, you got. You got the friend who really likes to talk to talk about music with you, and you got the friend who will always tell you the truth, even if it's gonna hurt. Right. You've got the friend, you know, you got all kinds of different friends, and and you can't expect one guy or one one person to be um, all of that to you. Right. Um, friends, I mean, friends are human too. Absolutely. Now, relationships, both uh, in roommates and and obviously there's there's girls up here that you have relationships with, and the students do, and they interact quite a bit. Yeah. Um, as, as you get into relationships, why, what is it that draws you to an individual? I mean, when you think about, okay, friendships are important to everybody. So is it really the, the commonality that you have? You just kind of spoke about differences. Do you, do you tend to go towards those that are different or just as opportunity presents itself, can anybody be your friend? I personally uh, have a hard time allowing that. Like I, I would say that as I speak about it, I, I'm I'm working on it myself um, because I'm pretty picky when it comes to um, friendships and relationships. To tell you the truth, um, when the per a person that would attract me the most would be somebody who is a lot like me in the in the most important areas, which which in my opinion are their intelligence, the the how much they like to think. And there's a lot of people okay. that aren't that aren't aren't into like talking for hours on a specific subject, you know, but I really enjoy that. And I think somebody who would be interested in that is, um, the kind of person that, that I'm interested in. Maybe I need to be more open-minded. I don't know. Well, no, I I think that that makes sense because obviously there, there are people that have, uh, differences that will drive each other totally crazy with their differences, even though they don't matter Mm -hmm. possibly. Um, but there's also ways to look and think like, as you and I have a relationship, when I come into the relationship that you and I have, and I think, well, what can I do to make Lawrence's life the best it can be? I'm not really thinking about how it benefits me at that point. I'm thinking more of how can I benefit you? How can I think about ways to make your life all that it should be? So now I start thinking in terms of, uh, okay, I need to help you see this, or I need to talk to you about this, or I need to encourage you maybe, or I need to just say hi, yeah. you know, or, or something. And, and so my mind frame goes from this relationship is about Dave to this relationship is really about building Lawrence up and helping Lawrence be all that he can be. 
And I have find that, found that in my life that if, if I can be the one who looks at somebody else and says, my job is to make this person the best person they can be no matter what that costs me, that relationship is, is usually something that soars. It, it usually goes okay. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of times where the reciprocal is not done. Yeah. And the relationship is not healthy then. Because healthy relationships have two or three or four people in them. I, I mean, you could be in a group. And all of them are actually thinking what they need to do to help the other person be the best they can be. And they're not thinking, what can I take from this person for me? They're not necessarily doing that. They're enjoying each other, which is different than taking from each other. So when I talked to you, one of the programs we did with uh, Younger Older before, we talked about gaming. Yeah. Well, I'm not a gamer. (laughs) You're a gamer. That hasn't stopped us from meeting, hasn't stopped us from anything. And and, and what what I enjoyed... I enjoyed the fact that I could talk to you about something I know nothing about. See, it wasn't that I got upset by it. It wasn't that I thought, well, you're demeaning me because I know nothing about that. No, in fact, it's different. I I can enjoy something from your perspective that I don't know anything about. And now you can help me understand something. And in the process, it's it's amazing how your friendships grow at that particular point because you're not judging. you're you're, You're actually thinking... This person knows something I can glean from. Yeah. And that's real healthy to be able to do, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, uh, I, I assume um, that one day you want to get married. Uh, I do. And so you'd be in a relationship with one person that would be different than everybody else in the world. Yep. Um, when you think about that, is it, why do you want to get married? Oh, uh I don't know. A lot of it's pretty personal, but okay. um, uh, but I will say I, I just I love the idea of being um, uh, a servant leader. Okay. Um, and I mean, that that applies to every aspect of my life. I, you know, a lot of guys, they they kind of dream about like there's there's danger and then they save their their crush from that danger. Yeah. And then and, and all that. I mean, that's that's been going on for a long time. Um, and, and I think that 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 sort of thing being being a hero, but but a humble hero, not yeah. not like. A dictator. Um, yeah. I, I just really desire that, and um, to find a woman who um, sees me like that, but not in again, not in a prideful way. Yeah. Um, in other be, words, you want to be a provider. Yeah, provider. And and I think God made you to be a provider, so I th- I think that's a, a healthy thought process. Um, there's young guys that I've talked to the, about just being in a relationship, and they pretty much said, "Well, you know, I I need to get married. I have these needs that need to be met, whatever that might be." And I look at them if they tell me that, and I'll just say, you know, then you're not ready to get married. Because it's really not about needs. It's about wanting somebody in your life, and it's about being wanted. Mm-hmm. And and this is, the only one that's really needed in the world is God. When we put ourselves in a position where we're needed by somebody else, we're trying to take God's place, and it's always unhealthy. So it's never about need. Yeah. It's always about want. So with my wife and I, I mean, I could get graphic here and say, you know, it could be that I realized one day that, you know, what happens if uh, if I die in a car accident? Will What will happen to my wife? Well, immediately I think, well, she can still take care of herself. 
We have life insurance. She can take care of herself that way. She still knows how to cook. She's still got a house. She's got, I can go through things and say, you know how many things she doesn't need me for? <laughs> no, as far as need. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's unhealthy for me to live in a way where I'm trying to make her need me. Because need is a quality that belongs to God alone. I need God. Yep. But God doesn't need me. So I want to be in a position where I want to be with God. I mean, I need God. He wants me. And then in my human, in my human relationships, I make them want, not needs. Yeah. So if you make it a need, let's say you and I, because we've met together for a couple of years now and, and gone through some things. Let's say you and I are in an unhealthy relationship where we think, well, we need each other to be okay. We, you know, I need to see you. I need to have, and then all of a sudden you get involved with some girl and I don't see anymore. And, and now I'm, I'm totally devastated. Yeah. Betrayed. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. See, I had an unhealthy relationship with you because I was actually using you for my benefit. Yeah. Rather than being excited for you to be in a relationship. You know, if, if you get into a relationship with, with uh, a lady and you're, you're getting serious about it, I should be thrilled. Not upset that you and I don't have the same relationship we had before. I should be cheering you on. I should be. Why? Because... Our relationship isn't built on need. It's built on want. I want to help you. I want to be around you. But I don't need that to be healthy. Absolutely. Um, and I think everyone that's listening needs to, to understand those two terms. And it's something that I think my wife and I came to years ago when I realized that she really doesn't need me. She wants me. And that that's the special part of life. If anybody needs you, that's not that's not special. Yeah. I, I do. I it is it is interesting. Once you actually sit down and think about it, you do want to be wanted. You know, right. that that's the that's what's really it's like, like um, we're talking about that that internship or or whatever whatever work I'm doing here. I I don't want to be a necessity here. Right. You know, the fact that people um, have seen something about me and they want me to work here. Right. Uh, that's what's really special. That's what's that's what warms my heart and and makes me feel like I belong not not being like if we if you didn't exist then we would you know like we need to do everything we can to keep you here because we need your or we're going to use your whatever right now if if you're needed you know what happens oftentimes that you feel the burden yeah and the burden crushes you because you're thinking well I have to get this done I do I, I nobody else in the world can do this when I found somebody who thinks they're that important I usually say, well, just don't go to work tomorrow and see what happens. <laughs> I'll bet your work will go on without you. It's like, oh, you don't understand, Dave. Work can't go on without me. Well, then don't go. See what happens. See if the whole world doesn't fold up. You know, it's not going to. The whole world adjusts very quickly. When people die, let's say somebody dies quickly of a heart attack, whatever it might be, the world adjusts very quickly to that. Uh, yeah, that's true. And and you can be somebody who says, oh, he was needed here, he was needed there. And in about two weeks, you realize all those things are going. How badly needed was he? The really healthy response is, we're going to miss this guy. We really wanted him in our life. Yeah. 
that's a healthy response. Because want and need are so different, and, and need is not a part of a Christian's vocabulary as far as I need this person in my life or I won't be okay. That's not true. Yeah, then it's idolatry. It is. Instead, and it's unhealthy. So let's say I'm in a business. You and I are in business together, and 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 we have different skill sets. So you're you would be the accountant in the business and the business guy, and I'd be out there, you know, hugging babies or whatever else <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be doing. And and so the two of us would be doing our thing. Now there would be things that I knew about the business that that is important to the business, but I know it because of my position. And there were things that you know about the business that only you would know because it's known in your position. Now, some people actually live their life thinking, well, then I have to keep that information to myself so that I have this valuable leg up in this business. They can never fire me or get rid of me because I have information and things that nobody else knows about. And, and I need to keep it to myself because I need to be needed. How miserable. It is miserable. And anybody who lives that way, I would suggest that you're living in a way that you're a prisoner and you're not free to do anything that's fun. <laughs> Instead, it's, it's, it's here. I, if, if Lawrence, you and I are in business together, here's what I get to do. I get to come over to you and say, you know what? Here's what I learned today. I, I, I did these things. And if something ever happens to me, here's some things you need to know about. Because this is part of the healthy business that you and I are a part of. And, and so I share with you the things. And you say, yeah, well, you know, over here is this thing that I'm doing. And we're not living as if we're keeping secrets from each other so we keep our jobs. We're actually trying to make each other successful in our jobs. Yeah. And so if you're more successful, the day that, that, that you know, you leave Silver Birch Ranch, you stay, whatever it might be, when, when you're more successful than I am, then we're successful in our relationship as far as I'm concerned. And, and I'm not threatened by that. Think about this. If, if I did everything in my power to make you the very best you could be at everything you did, would you resent me? Not at all. No, be the other way. Yeah. Would you not want me around? That's not true. No, see, <laughs> and that's what people think. It's like, you know, if I taught Lawrence everything I know, then I'm not needed anymore. <laughs> and if I'm not needed... I don't feel good about myself. So I can't teach, I can't make Lawrence better than I am at this. Because if I do, what am I going to do? Yeah. That isn't healthy. And, and that's what I'm trying to get you and others to see is that when you work, this afternoon I know you're working with Brad on a, on a project. Yeah. One of the goals I would tell you to have while you work with them, you're, you're clearing some trees or doing something. Yeah, moving some logs. Okay. So one of the things that I would suggest if a healthy mind frame is you work in a way that in the end you make Brad successful. I know Brad's healthy already, so he's going to work in a way where he makes you successful. And at the end, you look at each other and go, we made a really good partnership. <laughs> you know, why? Because... We were looking to make each other successful. We weren't looking to use one another. We were looking to be a part of one another. And that in any relationship is key. Absolutely. So if you go back then in, to the idea of, okay, you're dating somebody someday, you think about getting married, same thing. You look at your future wife and you say, 
I wonder what I have to do to make her successful in every possible way. You're not looking at her saying, I wonder what she can do to make me happy and successful in every possible way. You don't do that. You look the opposite and you think, what can I do for this person? You'll have a healthy relationship. If she does that to you and you do that to her, the rest of your life will be a success in that particular relationship because both of you are considering it a privilege to be in a relationship. You want to be in a relationship. You want to help each other. And neither of you are living in a way where you say, I need you in order to do this. Mm -hmm. And the minute you do, you have to admit that you lied and you, you realize that no, need's not the right word. Yeah. I think that God uh, makes that clear to us through his word that he's the only one needed. All the rest of us are wanted. He wants us. We live that way. And in any business, we do whatever we can to help everyone around us be successful. And yes, there are some cutthroat businesses where if you do that, you make people successful, they get promoted before you, they might fire you. That, that might happen. But you'll have no regrets. You have no, no regrets living that way. Now, you had a lawn care business. Can you imagine if you hired other people? And their whole goal was to make your lawn care business look good. It'd be pretty cool. That's that's the healthy part. So then all of a sudden you want them a part of, of what you're doing. Yeah. And and that's what you communicate. Um, <clears throat> my dad did that well. I think uh, he used to, to really believe that you would take young people and teach them to be better at whatever you do than you do. So he was a pastor. So if somebody wanted to be a pastor and he could help them be a better pastor than he was that's what you do and and the whole idea was in my mind frame was well then the guy will take your spot it's like so what and no he won't yeah you know i mean <laughs> you don't understand relationships um and actually when you have that kind of relationship the commitment you make to eventually to a future spouse to in your case your wife is something that, that, that is a privilege the rest of your life and not a burden. Mm -hmm. When you make a, something a need, there's this burden that you carry because you're not meant to be in that position. And, and whenever you do something where you're not meant to be, it becomes a burden. Mm -hmm. And you can't get rid of it because nobody will tell you. you know, most times, I think, if you come and say, well, I have a need that's not being met, it's like, okay. Well, that's the problem. That's that's why you have a burden. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't understand. I, I I understand needs, and I understand that. But the bottom line really is, you're looking to other people to help them, not for them to help you. In the process, you'll be fine. Absolutely. And, and even if they abuse you, your goal is met. You help you help them. And and really, what happens is, if they're saying something, and you've talked about this in our programming, but if, if a student says something where they need correction, you're in a position where you're not trying to be needed by them. You're looking to how to help them. You're going to speak up. Now, they could get mad at you, but you still have spoken up, and you've learned how to say things in a way that demonstrates that you care about them, and you're showing that you want to be in a relationship with them, and that's the that's what you do. Yeah. So, now, you, you when you... Uh, realize that your relationship isn't about you 
some people immediately think, you know, you're just talking marriage. I'm really not just talking marriage. I'm talking about every relationship. If you've listened to Younger Older at all, you realize we've talked about that in the idea of mentoring. We've talked about it in the idea of just friendships in like a college dorm room. We've talked about it now in the, in the idea of, of dating and marriage. You get in the habit of thinking. Um, Bus- what can, what can, in like a business? Yeah. Yeah, you, professionally. Absolutely. So this cuts across all lines. And, and you're the healthy one at the end. Uh, and that's your determination is to be healthy in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea that it's that it's simple and that you don't make arrangements. For example, um, some people before they get married, they make they, they have arrangements. I need this, this, this out of the marriage or in that yeah. way if any of those things get broken, they can break out of the marriage. Arrangements are that way. We don't arrange things in relationships. We commit to relationships. And that's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you learn here at your young age, you learn what commitment looks like. So you commit to various jobs. You commit to various purposes. You realize there's a cost to commitment. And you continue to go forward. The one thing I would suggest to you, though, is if you hear people talk about how tough marriage is, I would disagree with them. It doesn't have to be. I don't think it has to be, No. And the reason I say that is it's, I think what's tough in marriage is dying to yourself. Yeah, getting past yourself, that's the... That's the tough part. But but marriage itself <laughs> is not tough. Because if, if my wife and I are, are at odds about something, one of us is being about ourself. Mm-hmm. Or both of us at that particular moment. So what needs to be done is that we need to stop that. And then the marriage is fine. So obviously I don't do a lot of marriage seminars because I don't have that much to say. Because <laughs> I pretty much say that when my marriage isn't what it should be, it's my fault. And then I have to correct it and it's back to where it should be. And I really believe that. But I think that across the board too, whether it be business or whether it be relationships or, or whatever else. For sure. <clears throat> What do you do um, in the meantime? You know, you're mature enough for that. Uh, what do you do while God makes you wait for it, you know, it, it, without without thinking about it as like a waiting game? Yeah. I think everything goes back to what you think of God. Does he care n- enough about you to, to provide for you when you need the right moment to, to happen? See, God knows what our needs are, and he'll provide them. We in relationships are in the want stage God says, here's what I made you like, and I can provide it, and I will provide it for you. So a lot of our anxious thoughts really come from the fact that we're not trusting that God's at work. Yeah. Or we don't trust that he's going to work. So we have to get up every day and recommit and say, God, here's what I know. And I would often tell somebody in your your, uh, age bracket, you need to remind yourself of what you know instead of what you feel, and that will help you get through the times where you feel like things aren't right. Because what you know is God has a plan. What you know is that he'll work the plan. <laughs> what you know is that he wants to work the plan. What you feel is abandoned. Yeah. Okay, your feelings aren't worth trusting. 
And and if you can go through that little exercise when you feel badly, you'll you'll be much more stable. Once again, you're listening to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here with Lawrence. We do thank you for listening. We're coming to you from Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.